Some away, plenty of leg. It's football time in the bluegrass. You're listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into a special signing day edition of the KSR Football Podcast. We're not at KS Bar in Lexington, and we're not with the usual crew. I'm Nick Roush, the usual guy directing traffic. Um, Sitting alongside me are a couple of uh, recruiting gurus. All right, I, we're going to give you all that title, recruiting gurus. Gurus, all right, I'm working. Yes, I'm, I'm recruiting working gurus Jack Pilgrim and Adam Luckett here to talk about Kentucky's 2018 early signing period, which it's technically the 2019 class. Early signing period is really weird, but we're here to talk about the Kentucky's 2019 recruiting class, and I don't know about you, young Pilgrim, but I'm pretty excited. Oh, it was one heck of a morning. I like it when they when they get them all out of the way, you know, to start with. It was like 7.30 Rayland Dot. We got like eight in a row. And then within the next hour, we got another 10 or so. So it was it was a pretty hectic morning, but the rest of the day was smooth sailing with just positive comments, exciting coaching staff. So to to peel back, we're going to we're gonna break the fourth wall here. Um, a little behind the scenes. So we it was us three. We were the masterminds that were putting our heads together to get sign, ready for signing day. Luckett had the film reviews, and then Jack and I kind of split up the bios on each. Well, um, about 7 a.m., uh, I sit down <laughs> at the Big X Sports radio station uh, because I was going to, you know, signing day kind of winds down usually about 8.39. So I was like, I'll just kind of bounce back and forth in and out of the studio, do some work, et cetera, et cetera. I go to look, and I'm like, well, where's, where's Jack's stuff? He's got the pictures. He's got the, the, the stats. Where's, where's all of the bios? And they just disappeared. I was up until 2 o'clock in the morning the night before. <laughs> I was – and I had to wake up at 7 o'clock the, the next morning. So, obviously, it was a very long night, short rest. So, I got a call from Nick at 7 o'clock waking me up going, did you not do any of your stuff? And I was like, <laughs> I did all of my stuff more more than I had even planned on doing because I was just so invested in this, in this signing class. And then my heart was broken. So, we had about a 30 – we had about 15 minutes wor- worth of – Extreme chaos, <laughs> but you know what though? That's why. We that's why it. we paid the big bucks to hey, go to we're, UK we're journalism used school. To the early signing day too. Yeah, you know, exactly. Give us a break. So, and and the lesson they learn is, well, just do it. Just do it. Again. So we we, and the thing was is like. The, the way the faxes came in, it was like the people that we were working on in order. It worked out well. It was so nice. it we, was we scrambled, nice. we made it happen, we made it happen for you. And that's why we're doing a little bit extra. We're actually podcasting in Louisville um, from the lovely Vacation Experts. It's a great podcast studio they have in here. And it's a great podcast it's, it's studio. It's like made for us. This, this table is just, it, this, this is I the mean, perfect setting to talk about some sports. All we're missing is just a giant KSR logo hanging over our heads. But we do want to thank uh, Robin for uh, letting us uh, come to Vacation Experts in Louisville. And just call him up. He'll get you on a nice vacation. I know you probably need it. It's nasty. It's rainy outside. Um Traffic is horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a oh, mess gosh. outside. Rubberneckers, I want to just murder them. There's no reason when there's a wreck on the other side of the road that traffic should stop down on this side of the road. It just, I, I, I'm people, not going to get People out. need to know the inside scoop, Nick. They need to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll give you some inside scoop. We, we will do that. Um, but first, it's, it is the end of the year, Adam, and we're we're a little bit older, a little bit more mature than young Jack over here. Jack's learning. He'll get there one day. Yeah, he's getting there one day, and here's one thing that Jack doesn't know yet, is that at the end of the year, you got to sit down and you got to look at the money coming in, coming out. You're, you're getting your first full-time job now, you're like, okay. I, I am. I want to be able to budget my money so that when Kentucky goes to New Year's Day bowl games, I can afford it. And what you have to do is you have to check and say, hey, what, are, what are some easy ways to save money at the end of the year? And the easiest way I save money is I called Andrew Wade from State Farm. I, I like that. He get, he got me fast, 
quick quotes on home and auto insurance. And you know what? He even threw in a life insurance policy for me. What, what a giver. To take care of my wife. And in the event that something tragic happens while I'm going down to watch the Cats play in the bowl game. So the thing is, is I, I saved a couple hundred bucks just calling up Wade from State Farm. And you can too. Andrew Wade State Farm, located conveniently right off Richmond Road in Lexington. He will help you save some money around the holiday season because right now it is a tight. Your wallet's feeling a little bit light because you're spending money on bowl tickets. You're spending money on Christmas. Save some money. Get some of that back. Call Andrew Wade from State Farm before the end of the year at 859-266-6640. My buddy Wade from State Farm, he's going to take care of you. He will take care of you. Like a good neighbor. Wade from State Farm is there. And with that... Let's get to let's get to some of the recruits here on the early signing day because it was a bit of a on our side we told you it was a little chaotic in the morning, uh, but then as the day went on, it, we got a few uh, pieces of surprising news. Uh, one of which there was there was two cornerbacks Kentucky was up for, um, and now there's Taj Dodson, Kelvin Clemens. No. Those were the two they were up oh, for. Oh, I thought you were saying those <laughs> yeah, no, were no. like, no, well, that did not happen. But going into it, I was like, all right, we need to prep for these guys. Yes. And they're probably going to get both of them, uh, or, or at least one that of was two. The, that was the steam we were hearing that they were both going to sign with yes. Kentucky, or that it would look likely that they were going to sign as that Tuesday night wrapped up. And then we got a little surprise early in the morning. Right. We get Dodson's L-O-I-N. For one, one of the first ones. Pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. And then it leaks out that Kelvin Clemens, with not even taking a visit, is going to roll the boat up at Minnesota with P.J. Fleck. So really that, that caught a lot of people off by surprise. And then you started thinking, well, you know, they're probably going to they're gonna need one of these freshmen that they redshirted last year to really step up at corner this spring. Mm-hmm. And then, we, then it leaks out a little bit later that they're going to end up getting another junior college uh, defensive back that committed – or that visited a few weeks before right. that actually probably – was a little bit better than Kelvin Clemens, had a better offer sheet, yes, much a little better. bit better tape, was a consensus uh, four-star um, via the composite 24-7. So, I think he was uh, – they had him as their 16th overall yes. JUCO prospect. Mm-hmm. And he fits the bill. He's going to play that boundary corner spot that Chris Chris, Chris Westy, Chris yeah. Westry <laughs> and Lonnie Johnson have played the last you know few years. So he fits that build of a long corner that – that Mark Stoops likes to have on that side of the defense. So I think he's really a scheme fit. And then talent-wise, I think uh, the fans are going to like what they, they see from Mosley. He also has a great name, Quandre Mosley. Because I've, I've heard we had Quadre Griggs at Southern Miss. Quandre Mosley, great name. He committed. I was watching it on Periscope. Great commitment. They had like mm-hmm. 20 people in a tiny little radio booth. Yeah, you all should do that beautiful. next year. It was amazing. <laughs> 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 or at KRC. Yeah. Bro, bro. It was funny, though, because like you said, we if anything, you thought Clemens was going to go to South Florida. Right. He's from Tampa. He visited there over the weekend. And Jack's like, Minnesota? And I was like, wait, no, that can't. And then I had to, like, double check. I was like, that – Didn't even visit there. That's that's happening. So, um, not really sure how things unfolded there. But uh, as Eddie Grant said on Tuesday, it's he said it's kind of like draft day where you have names on a board and if one doesn't come in, you go down the next one. And in their case in years past uh, – I think especially with the February signing day, they would have some guys where the big dogs would call it their guys. Like, you're up, we want to offer you now. And that would kind of hurt them. Well, Kentucky kind of took advantage of it in this case because the uh, Mosley's from Georgia. He played juco ball on the West Coast. And his top uh, schools, Utah and Oregon, West Coast guys, mm-hmm. said he gets a chance to play SEC football. To be that kind of that's awfully appealing, especially when you're losing. Uh, I think that was an easy sell. Hey, we're losing five DBs. You can get this guy. Did you hear when the uh, DJ said, "What is, what are the Kentucky Wildcats going to get out of you?" And he said, "The best player in the world." <laughs> it's like boom, sign him up. He can start from day one. I'm ready. I hey, love him. Hey, to play corner at a high level, you got to have an extreme amount of confidence. Oh, and he does. Yes, yes, an extreme amount of confidence. That is, that's one way to put it. Um, but Kentucky did, I think it's safe to say that Mosley represents two big things that happened in this class. They went after a lot of corners, a lot of members of the secondary. They kind of needed to. A lot of playing time to be sold. Yes, a lot of playing time to be sold. Uh, one of those who 
he I think he was the first commitment that actually stayed. I think Keontre Smith was actually the first one. Mm-hmm. Did he is he did he end up signing with Yeah, Miami? he signed with Miami. Yep. One of the few that ended up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's he's the key of that recruiting he was, class. He's he was the only of that recruiting the class. The one guy that didn't decommit <laughs> from Miami. Um but Moses Douglas, uh from Springfield, Ohio. Day one um, starter for sure. Or ooh. day one in, day one impact player for sure. He'll 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 be getting reps. Right, right, and that start. isn't just Jack Pilgrim saying it. That's Vince Marrow saying it. Yeah, he's gonna, he's a ball player. And I love that. Like when I when I talk to his dad, um, that that article, if that's not out right now, when you're hearing this, it it will be out shortly. Um, so you're welcome, Jack. You got an extra post. Thank you, tonight. thank you. Um, but when I talked to to his dad, he was like, the, the only downside to Moses this year is that they they just threw away from him. They didn't even throw to his side. He took away half a field in high school. Yeah, when you watch this tape, a lot of it's just him coming down in the box and trying to force the issue, make plays. You, that's going to be the thing in college. Can he be a legitimate cover guy back there in the back? We saw it with Darius West, mm-hmm. who was kind of a similar player coming back, just kind of a physical headhunter that loved to play downhill, but he struggled at that free safety spot in coverage early in his career. Mm-hmm. So for Moses, it's going to be this first year is going probably going to be backup Tyrell agent at that free spot and really just kind of learning the, the coverages. But he's going to be an impact guy on special teams right away. He's oh, going to play definitely. every special team, and he he's going to make some big hits this season. He's one of, he's probably he's the biggest hitter in this class, and he might be the biggest hitter, one of the biggest hitters on the team next season. So I, I think, A, you, you brought up the Darius West comparison. I love that comparison with him, even though he's a little bit taller and can kind of grow to be bigger than D. West. Uh-huh. Um, he has the – not only the like the look in his eyes were like, oh god, that guy's scary. Um, but he also, as as his dad Mo said, his coach at Springfield High School, their teammates respect them because they know they'll put them in the right place. And I think as a free safety, that's incredibly important to make sure, especially like they got to be sound fit. They got to be in the right and spots. In, in Kentucky scheme, they ask that position to do a lot. We've seen Wes come through on blitzes, come down in the box, help with run support, be a deep center field type guy, be in a lot of deeper coverage, um, deep coverages. Mm-hmm. So in this, they ask they ask their safeties to do a lot in this scheme. So it's, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders, but he's gonna he's got a load of potential, and oh, he's physically ready to contribute right now. So that was one of the big, and he was a non drama field recruitment. Oh, he committed right away, and like his. They shut down the recruitment. They said, when you commit somewhere, you're done. You're not going on visits. He didn't go on any visits. Went to zero that. visits. Well, and I think he had 34 offers. Something like that. 32. That's a third of – or a quarter of Division mm-hmm. One, which is basically the entire Power Five. And the he's Mac. the kind of prospect like maybe the Alabama's Clemson's aren't putting the push on him right away. But if he's waiting and if he plays the recruiting Absolutely. game Absolutely. by – October, November, they're all going to be trying to get him on campus for an official visit and really put the press on him after they maybe miss on their top safety prospect. And, and you you also said, that like, hey, safety's going to have to know a lot. Well, in Moses' case, he is the kind of uh, film room junkie, and that, that comes with being a coach's son. Uh, Mo said he would take Moses with him when he would go to the film room when he was younger. And last year he was like, yeah, you know, I kind of just went to check on him, see what he was doing in his room, and he's sitting there watching Huddle. Um, and it wasn't like we told him to do it. He, he was just unprompted. And that kind of um, passion for the game is going to take him on. They love football. Yeah, that's what you – any any top recruit, that's what you'd love to hear, that they love to play the game, not just love to be a football player. Exactly, exactly. And Douglas is one of uh, – man, I don't have it tallied right now. Is it five DBs in five. this class? Yes, five DBs in this class. Uh, Jack, who, who are – Who's the, we talked about Moses being an impact guy? Who's another one of those DBs that you really think can make an impact right away? I mean, I think Brandon Eccles. I yeah. mean, he's a guy that he was a, a top fifty consensus uh, JUCO kid. Um, I mean, I, I definitely like what I saw out of him. Um, Taj Dodson's obviously a stud. Um, he's got a lot of versatility. That he, was what Stoops liked about him is that they don't have to like pencil him in anywhere right away. A lot of these guys they've they've got in the secondary, especially. Eccles, Dotson, Jalen Geiger. I think those were guys that can play safety. They could play the nickel. They could probably play that outside corner, that field corner spot that Derek Beatty played this year. Mm-hmm. So they, 
they've got a lot of tools to play with. Those to kind figure of out where who's going to fit in the best spot. We heard that from a couple coaches and the the film room shows, and then just w- during their press conferences, they were like, "We just we loved what we did with." how versatile our entire DB group was over the past couple of years, how we could just kind of plug and play. You know, if, if one guy's thriving in one area, we could just move him and, and shift another guy over. I mean, they, they were just so good at that. And the, that was kind of a focal point of this group. And, you know, I, I think and, I think they got the guys that they were definitely looking for with that. And it's not like that they're just looking for people to plug into a certain spot. All of them are open. Uh-huh. So right. you you can kind of afford just get the best athletes possible and then see right. uh, see where the best fits are after that. Because I think um, aside from Ty, Ty Asian will get some significant snaps at free and, uh, and then Devontae Robinson – We'll get snapped somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. outside of the and, and outside of Robinson, I don't think you can pencil in anybody as a starter man, for next season. Man. Jordan Griffin, they they've they've been bullish on him, but he didn't get a ton of play this year. Uh-huh. Um, they were bullish on Yusuf Corker earlier. He got a lot of special too. So like, it really is wide open, and uh-huh. I think that's one reason why they were able to close in on guys like Quandre Mosley down the stretch. And the part I said I said there was two things that Mosley really represented well in this class. It was the DBs and. State of Georgia. Mm-hmm. We're back to the Rich Brooks era. Oh yeah, six guys <laughs> from the Peach State. The most players from any state come from Georgia. I believe they had six on the roster, six or seven on the roster before. <laughs> and they got six, six this year. Where so it, it when Stoop started, it was Ohio, 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 and then last year I think Florida had seven, and then maybe six from Ohio, and then this year it was a tie between Kentucky and Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then Mosley's addition gives Georgia the most prospects in the class. And they didn't – it's not like they were just like, oh, hey, we're going to go uh, recruit the state of Georgia now. They start with their, their five-hour radius and they work their way out. And I think Matt House, year two, you, you see these kind of recruiting impacts happen second year. He had a lot of Georgia ties. One of those he got in early there. And I, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm shocked he hung on to. And that's Trey Wilkins. Trey Wilkins' cousin's it, cousin is Miko Hardman. Okay, Miko Hardman scored a touchdown in the national championship game last year for the Georgia Bulldogs. Slot receiver, one one of our best receivers, who absolute stud this year. Georgia wanted him, and Trey's just like, nope, sorry, I'm doing my own thing. I don't care. I'm going to Kentucky. And when when I because I interviewed him, I think the day after he committed over the summer, and when I was talking to him. A, it was nice that he was just kind of swaggy because I was like, what do you want to do at Kentucky? He's like, win a Buckus Award. He's <laughs> like, okay, that's pretty baller. Um, but, like, he, I thought he was almost, like, doing it out of spite for some, like, family members or something. No, he's like, he's all in on UK. And it's it's pretty incredible they hung on to him. You hear that word scheme fit thrown around a lot, but he, for what Kentucky likes, that will side back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you that Jordan Jones, it's got that Jordan Jones type body type, mm-hmm. fast, um, side to physical, side. yeah, can cover a field side to side, can be a guy that can shoot gaps, get get there, create um, disruption plays behind the line of scrimmage. He fits that, and when you watch him, he's a physical tackler. So he's a guy that just depth wise, Kentucky's looking really good at that spot right now when you look at DeAndre Square. Ooh, I think yeah. Chris Oates is a guy with Cash Daniel being a senior. They're going to probably cross-train him a bunch, maybe have him platoon with Square next year. So Wilkins is probably headed towards a redshirt year. But you feel really good about that 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 Will position in particular with him and Square moving forward. That's a really nice one-two punch. Oh, it, most assuredly. Um, and uh, between Wilkins – Wilkins was with another uh, – not far down the street from another Georgia guy who is it fair to say this guy is your favorite player in the class like it Katie McDaniel is my favorite player in the class <laughs> you you talk about him on Twitter just about every other day I love it he, he is your like if, if when Freddie had his Josh Allen KD is your Josh Allen KD when I watch a t- when I watch defensive tape and in, in uh when I watch high school kids two things I'm looking for are they a man against boys do they stand out? If you were, if you weren't just watching the huddle tape, if you're just watching the game, do they stand out? How how hard do they play? Do they hustle? And in Katie McDaniel's tape, here's the two things you'll see almost every play: he's blowing somebody up, whether it's a lineman or a running back, 
and then you may see a play where they run away from him and they show him running, sprinting down to chase down a tackle or a, a running back or a receiver or whoever. We see, I saw it on screens. I saw it on run plays. I saw it on quarterback scrambles. The guy has a motor. And knocked the and, crap out of him on those screens, too. Yeah. <laughs> they come in, <laughs> comes in so hot on the screens. And another reason I like him is he's about 240, 250 pounds right now. So right probably, now. And, and those are – okay, those are 24-7 measurements mm-hmm. from, like, April. Okay, so I have a feeling he's probably put on some pounds since then. And then – he, but he's not overly t- – so he's not a guy that's going to really grow into a, probably a defensive end spot. But I think he's a guy that could play that Mike position, or I think he can play that Jack position. So he's – a lot of guys they got on defense this year I think can play multiple positions, which is a big deal. But McDaniel is physical. He's got some really power moves. I think he's going to be a really, really, really good run stuffer for Kentucky. Pass rushing-wise, That's I don't think that's ever going to be his strong suit. So he's not going to be like Josh Allen type of impact, but he's going to impact the game in other ways. And really just the front seven in general. He's a guy that really got slept on in this class because mm-hmm. J.J. Weaver, Jared Casey. Yeah. But he was a guy that committed early and shut, shut it down. If he would have – did the recruiting done uh, all the dance. camp circuits and all that he would have yeah. got he would have had some big time uh, schools offering him so I, I love his game I love how he plays he's I love I just love everything about him I think he's gonna be a really really good player for Kentucky he, he um it's they're different players but in the sense that Pascal was so day one ready mm-hmm. I think that McDaniel shares those similarities uh, in just size, frame, and versatility, mm-hmm. um, where the if, if it isn't obvious, there's like a hundred outside linebackers in this class. I, I think it's it's <laughs> well, more like yeah. seven, but still, they, they've got a bunch of dudes that they can play in a couple of different spots mm-hmm. next year, and you could see him being in one of those roles. Oh, third down, let's get him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not as bullish on McDaniel as you. But I do think that they got a quality steal with the guy who he he's a lot like a lot of different guys in this class where they didn't do the the recruiting camps. Uh, a recruiting camp is how Jared Casey became an elite recruit. So it helped some guys, but for a lot of cases, I think it helped Kentucky. So like Monty Gilmore, Tennessee was really the only other big school to recruit him because he was playing baseball while other people were getting mm-hmm. recruited. Uh, Moses Douglas didn't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, Sean Kel Knight Goff, uh, a guy from Louisville, another very versatile outside linebacker. Who Vince Marrow said was his favorite recruit in the entire class. And and the reason why he didn't get recruited by a bunch of people, he had to have a job over the summer. He had to work. Like because that was he couldn't he couldn't afford to go around and go to recruiting camps. And the thing that I do like, I wanted to ask him because when I I talked to Sean Kell at DOS, which by the way both both did some DOS dragon. I, I was a DOS dragon back in Pee Wee. No big deal. Back when I was a tailback, <laughs> you know, uh, back in the day, back in fourth grade. Um, but he played like seven different positions, and I was like, so what's your favorite one? And he loves playing safety. And I was thinking like. Okay, that would be one big ass strong safety. <laughs> God. And a lot of it for him is he's gonna get in the weight room and it's just gonna how much how much can he put on that frame? Or how, and how or how much like tightens up versus mm-hmm. like bulks up. Because Vince said that the reason why they were the one camp he went to was theirs and he moved so well, he was so fast, he was like, Man, we actually could play this guy at safety. Yeah, I think this first the first year he's gonna red shirt and they're probably on scout team, they're probably gonna throw him a bunch of different places. Safety, inside linebacker. He's definitely in. gonna be like scout team quarterback whenever mm-hmm. they play a oh, yeah. quarterback team. <laughs> he's gonna be that dude. Um another outside linebacker from the state of Georgia originally, uh Marquez Bembry. Um, he initially signed with Tennessee out of uh, high school. Mm-hmm. was a top 50 player at his position at the time. Uh, spent a couple years at JUCO. He's he's one that I'm interested to see how well he picks up things because um, it, it – now that name has escaped me. But the guy, the guy who got stabbed that went to the Oklahoma – Jordan Bonner. Jordan Bonner. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, it, he was in the same class. What a as, legacy! Uh, oh, he's the yeah, kid that, the guy oh, that got the stabbed. one that got stabbed. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, but in, in the in the fact that they're JUCOs that have some years to play, and I'm interested to see how he embraces the because in Bonner's case, Bonner had to work a lot harder to get on the field. Where now you've got Boogie and Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright hadn't been proven, but 
you have opportunities for these guys to come in and get for get next play. year. I think they're looking at they have Boogie holding it down at that sandbacker spot. Yeah, I think Jordan Wright is going to be a Jack with Kinjera Daniel there at Jack with probably Josh Pascal there at Jack. So I think they feel good about that position next year. I think they put Josh at DN eventually, but yeah. yeah. But we'll see. So, we'll see how that develops. We'll see. Yeah. But at that same spot, there's open playing time with the twos right there. Yeah. Boogie's running the ones. They need somebody to run the twos, and that's why I think they brought Bembry in is to be that my primary backup to Boogie Watson these next two years, and to give them time. Maybe you want to play Jared Casey there, or maybe you want to play yeah. Sean Kelly Knight Golf there. Or JJ, but, I don't know. You know, it's but Bembry's another guy too. He's going to be able to be really, really good on special teams. He's going to contribute right away in that phase, and he's a guy that has the body type to really, if they had an injury at Mike, he, they could move him over there, and he could be the you know the the second backup right there at Mike linebacker. Behind notes, yeah. So he's a guy that's going to play. Like I don't think he's going to start, but he's going to contribute right away. Next year, and he's going to be an important part on Kentucky special teams because when you watch him play, he he moves around pretty well and he delivers a blow when he gets to the ball carrier. So when I watch him, I thought the first thing I think is like he's going to be a factor on special teams. While we're on the linebackers, I want to put Jack Pilgrim in the hot seat. Jack, can you handle the hot seat? Of course. Are you sure you can handle the hot I seat? I thrive under pressure, Nick. Unlike Josh Gordon. Um, well, what? Come on, man. It's Today's been a rough day. Low-hanging fruit. Today has been a rough day. Oh, I'm going to – mental health, take some time away. And then it's like, oh, how long until we find out he failed another drug test? 30 minutes. 30 whole minutes. That's not why I put I you have in the heard, hot seat, Jack. I, I have heard oh. that it was it was due to alcohol, not like hard drugs. It, it, it was part of his, his reinstatement protocol with Roger Goodell, no alcohol, no drugs, no – like nothing. You have to be 100% clean. And he – Went out to a bar by himself. Here you drink the booze, you lose. Rumpelstiltskin. He lost, and I think it might be over for well, a I'm, flash I'm, I'm putting you in a lose-lose situation. Okay. You've got to pick one. Who, which linebacker from the city of Louisville you taking? You taking JJ? You taking Jared? You taking Sean Kell? Man, I, I, lo- I like Jared Casey and Weaver so much. Um... Man, I gotta go Weaver. I gotta go Weaver. I think I think he is going to be a. a I got a hot take on that. Ooh. I think JJ Weaver plays defensive end at Kentucky. I don't think that's the hottest take. No, I'm I talking full time, hand in the dirt, three four defensive end. Six fingers in the dirt. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm just telling you because six he's, six, two hundred and forty pounds right now. He, he's skinny we, too. Brad he's like a skinny two forty. Brad White talked about. Once we get him in our strength and conditioning, he's going to look like a Greek god. That, <laughs> That's such I, a quote. That when, is such an When awesome I see quote. him, I just see – or I see 275 pounds on that front line. Like, when he's playing, he could put he's it on quick. So, I think that's – I just – when I watch him, that's what I see. I see a, a just a guy full-time defensive end. So, I think that's – and when you, they recruit, I think that that was their selling point because why not? Josh Allen just won every award. Why not sell all these players? Say, come be the next John Allen and play this – outside linebacker position. But then when they get here, there's only so many spots for so many players. So then that's when that shifting goes on. I think Weaver it's going to be end up being a defensive end, which is which is, which is fine. They need that impact player, especially they got Josh Pascal for the next two years, and then maybe that could be a seamless transition when you get Weaver after two two years of working out and learning how to play. I remember when Pascal came out of high school and, and kind of just hearing some of the early stuff from him at, at camp and, and during his training regimen and just his, his dieting and how they just couldn't put weight on him fast enough, how he just kept gaining weight and kept gaining muscle and he just kind of turned – turn into this just freak of nature athlete. And I, I definitely see that out of Weaver. I mean, I, I definitely see that defensive end, just dominant pass rusher, rusher type that just – just I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, it's kid. one of those things, too, that he was really – Weaver was really good, but he didn't – like like watching his film, I just – I'm saying stay low, get low, get low the entire time because he's so much bigger than everybody's It was hard against. to watch his film because of how much bigger he was in the competition. Yeah, yeah. For like me, he, when I evaluated him, I had to watch – and I don't really like to do this, but you had to watch camp highlights just to see – Like how he – yeah. How he moved Work, against his hand placement. competent competition. Yeah. yeah. Um, stuff like that. So that's going to be in, in the the thing in Weaver's case too. Um, he doesn't have to be great right away. And mm-hmm. I think on the flip side with Jared Casey, Casey's going to be on campus in three weeks, and 
He's that's one of those point. that's going to be incredibly hungry. Dude has only played one year of football since he was in like eighth grade. Because he's at Trinity. Um, I'm not really sure what happened there, but they didn't play him. He transfers to Bauer, messes up his labrum. I think it was his labrum. Uh, but he has shoulder surgery, sits out, um, and then – and he, like you said, he was a camp superstar. He went to camp and just yeah. blew up I mean, big time. There was a, a story that Lackford told because he was down at that national camp where Casey blew up. And I forgot, some big national guy he was talking to. He's like, this kid's going to be a four-star. I don't know who he is, but he's going to be a four-star because he was the best dude out of the bunch. And they, he was originally like an a inside guy, and I think he can be. But he's so explosive in his rush. And what I liked about it is that he was very um, beyond his years and his discipline. I remember watching Hatcher's highlights back in the day. He'd drive you nuts because he would just do the dumbest shit, for the lack of a better term. Like, he would make plays after making mistakes because he was just such an incredible athlete. But, like, Casey's really good at keeping his outside shoulder free. And the, the uh-huh. punch with the inside hand and then ripping back inside whenever they're running, like kind of like a power play uh, to like the four or the six hole or whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. that's that shows me the sense of like, even though he hasn't played a lot of football, that's something somebody who's played a lot of football does. Yeah, Casey, the best thing you see from – like you hear the term setting the edge, how important it is to Ooh, set the yes, edge, set yes. the edge. That's what he does. He He's hard to reach block. He – fights, gets outside, and on his film, you see that a few times. In a three-minute highlight tape, you see that, that same play kind of three, four times. So that tells me that that's something that he's pretty good at. But he's a guy, again, he could play that Sam spot, which Boogie Watson's at right now, which in that spot, you're, Sam means strong side, so you're lining up on the strong side of the line of scrimmage. So that's that, that, that backer's number one role is to set that edge. Yeah. Take the oh, heat from tight mm-hmm. ends and push everything back inside. Yep. Or like you said, he could play. He could play in that inside Mike position that Cash Daniels at right now. He's going to be a guy. Again, there's a lot of positionless kind of players in this class that I think can play multiple spots. Drink. And, <laughs> and when you, but you, it's like Stoops stole, uh, stole Cal's. Uh, it's like yep, it, it, pitch, when you do that, you're getting. You get almost. It's almost like you're getting a recruiting class of 35 instead of 25 because you got guys that can fill different holes so and that that allows you to be multiple which coaches like to talk about all Especially the time on defense in three fours because yeah. like those dudes you can i i, I want to see the um you don't see it much in college but the thing like is the Steelers used to do it all where they're just like we're gonna walk eight dudes up to the line and you don't know who's coming or who isn't mm-hmm. I, let's get some of that at uk just like everybody's standing up in a two-point stance i don't know if you could do that with bohanna um, maybe McCall. McCall, he's got he ain't a little punched it, man. <laughs> that guy is going to be whole lot of punch. so good next year. Yeah. Um, just get in shape. If you can just get yeah. in shape where you can play eight to ten snaps in a row. It's <laughs> be, that, um, so, so it's you talked good. about the pitch where where we have a positionless pitch. All right, I'm going to go through some of the pitches that got guys here. Big thing for those Ohio guys now. Moses Douglas, he watched Mike Edwards and Darius West tear it up. Guys from around there. As Vince Merrill said, they got Chris Oates because Mike Edwards went to Wynn Woods, mm-hmm. and he's crushing it at UK while they're recruiting Oates. So, hey, come here, you do Proof this. of concept. Exactly. Kentucky has a proof of concept now. A- another pitch. Cats were 9-3 this year. And I, I know you're going to see more of the uh, – they're going to reap more rewards for that next year. Mm-hmm. But as Vince Merrow said, he, when I used to recruit a quarterback down in Georgia, they used wink, to think wink, it was no, a, a joke <laughs> that UK would come in there. And that was one of those cases where Vince couldn't qu- – the guy who – I don't know who the main guy was behind Jaron. There were a bunch of them. There, yes, but those guys never got sold on UK. Jaron was, but those people weren't. Vince was like – I know, I I know more than the Moses one because I just wrote this story and it's fresh in the brain. But in their case, it was it was the mom. It wasn't selling dad because dad went to UK. It was selling yep. the mom. Uh, Vince said there was like an assistant principal in one case that had a water pool over somebody. Um, and then I know in Travis Tisdale's case, the explosive Georgia running back, Ooh, um, a good selling point for a military family and like Tisdale's is to talk to another military man who's also in the football facility. 
I wonder who that could be. <laughs> um, Good old friend. My favorite pitch out of all of these, though, is the pitch that Vince Merrow said to these guys in the world. And it's one that, like, because uh, I t- so I try I haven't been able to talk to Jared lately. It's one of those where like I've kind of like tried to bug him and he's just ignoring me. So I've, I'm like, all right, I can't keep pestering the 17 year old. But I did talk to him uh, back over the summer when he first unofficially visited UK, and he was like, because because I think there was this there wasn't the kind of same perception of UK in the city of Louisville that there uh, is out in the state. Merrill, and, I thought Merrill talked. I thought he wrapped it up great. Because the whole state and even the city, I think, is split. But when you get into these high schools and some of these kids in the backgrounds they come from, it's just all Louisville, and that's right. just how they were raised. And 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 that's slow. I think that's slowly starting to change with Kentucky putting what they're putting together with Mark Stoops. But that's, that's but like an uphill climb. Casey didn't even know. Like, hey, they've put in like six linebackers in the league who are like still like Wesley Woodard's been there a decade. Avery Williamson just got paid. Danny Trevathan won a Super Bowl, just got paid. That was part of the pitch. And then the other part of the pitch was, come play play for the best school in the state. It wasn't a hard sell. Great quote. (laughs) Great quote, Vince. And, man, the Louisville people were like, oh, UK has one good year, and you think – Yeah, they ruffled some feathers. Oh, man, they were so angry. I loved it. (laughs) I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um before we move on from the city of Louisville and the state, shout out to Eli Cox, another uh, lineman from the state who can. It's one of those like, it's good that they're having like it's almost like a feeder system in the state where like next year Mason Wolf's going to play a significant role. John Schlarben's got a pretty good hit rate when it comes to evaluating guard center guard. Yes, that was positions tackle's been a little, a little different, but from on the interior line they've been damn good about getting players in here that are producing pretty good after a couple of years learning the system. So my under the radar guy though in this class who I think his, his radar is, is going up. I think he's starting to hit a lot of blips and that's our boy Tay Tay. Putting the lively back in Shively. Tay Tay Crooms, <laughs> the outside receiver from Butler High School. Um, very like what's the, kind of casual in his Excellence. They didn't throw him the ball enough this year. I went to. I've watched him play a couple of times. It, he almost beat my DeSales Colts single-handedly a year ago because they could just. He could beat anybody whenever he wanted to, and he could go up and make a big play whenever they needed one. This year, when I watched him, he scored a seventy-five-yard touchdown on the first play, and I think he had six catches in the first half for like a buck ninety. Didn't get a ca- ball thrown his way in the second half. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, I think it, a lot of things with Crooms, when I watched him, it's highlight tape. Because you hear burner, you hear how fast he was. So you're expecting, all right, I'm going to see a lot of deep posts, deep goes, him taking the top off the defense. But you really didn't see that because when you, you see him playing some, like, St. X, D-Cells, male, these teams are playing him smart. They're not – they're giving him everything. They're just back – they're just bailing right. out. Yeah. So it's hard to see that. But maybe a lot of that's probably just they might have just had quarterback issues where they couldn't get him the ball vertically. Here at the next level, he should be able to do that. And I think it's a good sign that everywhere you turn, you hear people talk about how fast he is, how explosive. And then even Mitz Merrill saying it yesterday at the press conference, talking about you know giving him the Jeff Bedeck comparison. Yeah. So that's something this offense has desperately, desperately missed since he left for Oklahoma. I was really worried that somebody was going to come on late for him and and try to snag him him out. I, I was he's kind of like one of the not really best kept secrets. Just one of those guys that I was I was secretly hoping would would stick on. I well, mean, Vince said Ohio State tried to slide in late, and that's the that's second right. year in a row Kentucky's flipped a receiver, Louisville from Louisville. That was a Louisville commit. You had Akeem Hayes. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then you had Tay-Tay Crims. Uh, you got Tay-Tay. Uh, one other thing I like about Tay-Tay, too, he, he uses his shoulders well to, like, shield defenders. It's it's a very little thing that, like, can go a long way at the next level. Right in, like, in high school, it doesn't really matter as he much. He has a very good catch rate. You see a lot of times he can go to the dirt, catch the ball. He's yeah. not just a guy. He's not just a one, he's not a one-trick pony. I think he's going to be a guy that can be a really good – he needs some polish, obviously, but – He's going to be a really good route runner, and mm-hmm. he's going to be able to get open deep because of that speed. But you talk about polish. This is Demarcus Harris. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just from uh, knowing how to play the position, knowing how to get open. 
Like, he's a guy that's not a burner. He shouldn't be beating guys deep as consistently as he does. But I, when you watch him, he's just running by a second. He's running by safeties and corners. And I'm just really surprised. He does a great job of creating space to make catches. He's a guy, I think, that can that's ready to play right away. I don't think he needs any seasoning. He's a coach's son, I believe. Yeah, that was a big thing they harped on was that he's a co- you can tell that he's a coach's kid mm-hmm. because of how – well polished he is, and and to add to that, he's going to be here in January as well. Mm-hmm. That's and another bonus. I think he's going to be a guy in the spring. I think we all need to kind of pay attention to see if he can be an impact guy in the passing game right away. He, he led the state of one guy played one more game than him, and so I think he ended up being second in total yards. Mm-hmm. But he was leading the state of Florida in receiving yards. I think he he still had receiving yards per game, playing in the largest division of mm-hmm. football in the state of Florida. Okay. That, it's good. 1,582 yards, 73 catches, 16 touchdowns, eight games with 100 yards, <laughs> including a 238-yard game on Jesus. five catches. And when you watch five <laughs> catches, <laughs> are you kidding That's me? That's hilarious. <laughs> when you see him, there's nothing that really jumps out at you. But when you watch him play, he just he knows he just how to play. It up. He knows how to play the position. And he's going to be a guy, I think, you know, no secret that Kentucky – struggled at receiver here lately, so there's going to be an opportunity for him, and I think he's going to be a uh, player that has a great chance to play as a true freshman. Speaking of receivers, I've had some people ask me um, because uh, there were two JUCO commits that did not sign yesterday, one of which, Javionte Richardson, who uh, signed with UK back in 2017. Uh, Academic issues forced him to JUCO for a year, and he's like, you know what, I'm coming back. Back in the New York groove. Back in the licensing groove. We're going back. Going to be there in the spring. It's going to be great. Uh, him and his Iowa Western uh, teammate, Eli James, were committed but did not sign. I think it's safe to say that it, they would have signed if they could have. I, I don't – and when I say could – maybe it was an academic thing. Maybe it was a thing from UK side where it's like, I think we're going to look elsewhere. I thought it would be a, you know, th- this school's having a signing ceremony. We all want everybody to sign at the same time. And then you start seeing a couple other Iowa Western kids – Send in their letter letters of intent, and then James and Richardson are sitting there, left alone. It's like, okay, there's a little bit more hmm. to the story here. Yes. So uh, let's just let's plan on uh, moving on without them. I think that's the way to look forward. And if they end up eventually doing, so be it. Um, but you, you never know, Juco. Like Alvante Bell, remember Alvante Bell? Like, he's like on off. Signing, yeah. not signing. Yeah. yeah, this happens like every year. It's just so strange. That's, what, that's exactly what it kind of reminds me of. It's almost like they're putting it on the back burner because I think they have some promising prospects that they're in a really good position on right now hmm. that they're trying to save some room hmm. for. Big so, time. Big so time. maybe if you they swing and miss on a few of those, then they maybe go back to that well. It's just so strange that James was – Eli was in such a hurry to commit on Sunday following his, I think we know his why official, now. Uh, official visit and then – Three days later, it's like, yeah. sorry, kid. You know, it's, we, we love you, here. but yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Kind of weird. Um, ooh, man, the ones we haven't brought up yet. Save the big dogs for last. <laughs> the big boys, the hardest position to recruit, and uh, it was one of those two where Stoops gave me like, that's a good point. I was like, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Get yeah. your notebook out, yeah. Stoops. Yeah. Take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was like. Yeah, Defensive tackle, hardest position to recruit, and they got their guys, which I'm not going to – like, it is not an exaggeration to say that, like, keeping Kayvon Butler, uh, who I've been calling Savon for the last <laughs> six months, keeping Kayvon Butler is one of Vince Marrow's best jobs ever done. That was as nuts. A, like, it was, it was one thing when you're uh, – Oates, I think, is going to go down as the biggest because he also had all of the rankings and Ohio State was recruiting him incredibly early on. But um, Vince told the story that the only camp that Butler went to was an Alabama camp, and uh-huh. Alabama offered as soon as they saw him. <laughs> Vince caught wind of it from somebody who he knew from Toledo, because l- luckily that was where he coached for a while. He lived there a long time. Um, he caught wind of it, went up there, walked up that commitment, and I mean, this kid grew up in the state of Ohio. 
And as it said, we, we don't understand the type of pressure that those kids get to go play at Ohio State. He was in the stands for an official visit to watch Ohio State beat the hell out of Michigan. Bury them in one of the most exciting games for Buckeyes fans in years. They enjoy it was it was almost like that that the unexpected ass open in Lamar Jackson, how Kentucky fans were like that. It wasn't the same degree of upset, but that's the closest upset they got. He was there for that. For an official visit. And they were wanting him to come there. And Kentucky still landed this guy. I love the morning of when <laughs> we're we're watching the or hearing about the faxes coming through and then I get a text from Nick, like, Butler did it. He signed. Like it, it's official. It was like one of those. Wait, they they actually did it. Are, they did it. Are you kidding me? It's like I mean, the, he he's only a three star kid, and obviously stars don't matter. But it was just one of those things that like he was the one guy that the fan base was kind of rallying around there at the end. Like, come on, like Vince is working oh, magic man. one more time. Like, come on, man, just just go a, go for that gut punch. And he as did a it. Prospect. He's got total package size or quickness, power, power, speed, just. And he played defensive end in high school, but he's going to play inside of Kentucky. He just – that's just a guy – if you want to win consistently, if you, you want to go to New Year's Day bowl games, you have to have – and in this because league, you have to have guys uh, like that on the interior. And especially, like, Josh Allen's life got easier this year when those guys got better. Mm-hmm. And when you're recruiting – When Bohanna got rolling there, you know, he started off gimpy ankle, but when he got rolling and Calvin Taylor was playing at a really high level for most of the season – it makes it makes a it makes huge difference easier. in Kentucky's rush defense. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it went from like probably seventy high seventies to like thirties. That's on not giving up your gaps. That's having a little gap integrity inside, having a little discipline inside, and not getting pushed around. Um, and Butler, he's one of those guys. He ain't gonna get pushed around. Isaiah Gibson, he ain't gonna put. Isaiah Gibson is six four, three hundred pounds. And I haven't seen this, but I'm almost certain he can dunk a basketball. Did you see him in his basketball uniform? With I Vince, did. With the fro. <laughs> Gibson, not like us not being able to see that afro. And he's got a really, cool wildcat tattoo. Yeah, I really wish that it, he went with the phallic tongue, though. Yeah. That's the only disappointing <laughs> part about the tattoo. Um, but those are kind of guys that, like, that's what makes your, your games like Georgia this year, where you're like, they won that game on signing day. Kentucky is getting to that point by signing guys like Isaiah Gibson and Kayvon Butler. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would have loved to have seen Vince Merrow, Mark Stoops' high-five fist pump, whatever they did when they saw that he picked uh, Kentucky. I hope it was probably like how they reacted when Wandale um, committed. We don't talk about it. Him. It wasn't that long ago where they were, they were really struggling trying to find defensive linemen. You had to go late in the class to get a Calvin Taylor. Yeah, to get a and then Carter. maybe get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now they're now, the, now Butler was probably one of their top defensive tackle prospects and that our targets in that whole class, and they they really meant it. It's just a really significant recruiting win, and it's set up where you don't really need him next year. You're kind of okay there at tackle with Hoskins and Cordell Looney. Mm-hmm. So you've got time. Take to that develop. red shirt on him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do. I I brought up that one guy's name, so I'll just mention that. The stuff I've heard about his flip are just – you want to talk about getting played, my goodness. The amount of time he spent around – I, everybody around that place was completely shocked. And I, it's one of those where the recruiting game, as as Mark Stoops said, sometimes when you've got a, com, a verbal commitment, it just means you're, you're in, in the, the lead. lead. That was a good uh, quote. Very good quote. Um which let's let's go full circle to the the development that I think we've kind of beat around the bush quite a bit this podcast, and that's that Jaron Williams will transfer. We we actually did say that, right? We we kind of touched on it, yeah, but yeah. Y- yes, it's going to happen. It's happening. It came out right after Mosley committed, so it really was just a crazy long whirlwind. It came in a as, wild Wednesday, as my uh, Kentucky roll call co-host pointed out. Kind of convenient that it came out right after you signed two quarterbacks and you made it official. So that it didn't scare him away. Kind of convenient. Yeah. It's, here's my, I don't here's know my, if that's shady or if that's uh, – Here's my thing with that. Okay. You have to bring a quarterback in every class. At least one. You coming in behind Terry Wilson. These kids coming in know that they're not starting for at least two years. Yeah. And then when that, that opportunity comes, they're going to have to beat somebody out. It's not like, okay, 
these two are our guys and we're not recruiting anybody. That's just not how it works. Nope. If you're coming here, if you had wanted to play right away, you should have went somewhere else. You came here because you want to sit out, and then there's going to be an opportunity there in two years, and you then you're going to take your chances with the competition. Yep. So no matter who comes in, there's going to be a competition when Terry Wilson leaves or when he when if he gets you know playing style injury risk is always going to be there with him. Right. So that's I don't put too much. I know that's what that's like the narrative, but I think both those well, guys know that now. Obviously, three quarterbacks in, a, in the same year is kind of. Like, hey, what the heck? Kind of like, a cluster. But yeah. regardless, Scalzo's got it. He's going to be rehabbing for mm-hmm. half a year. I like, ACL. I, I mean, I like the timing of it all. I mean, Terry's going to be a senior. Jaron, if he does come, he will be – he'll have to sit out his year. So, he's – I mean, Terry's going to have this soft, his senior year. Jaron's going to be a redshirt. He'd have three years, red, I think. Yeah. And then, you, I mean – And then the other guys would have four, and you would think one transfer. Because that's – here's the thing, too. Quarterbacks transfer. Okay, it, yeah. players decommitments happen. They in the people who like lose their mind over Kentucky's decommitments, the amount that Michigan and Miami have had this year, incredible. Yeah. So like, I mean, Louisville sat in four dudes. Like, what the hell is that? We can fit them all on the back of a pickup truck. That's just yeah. that's the game. You gotta so, it's a dance. You gotta either get yeah. on the dance floor or just sit and watch while everybody else gets in, players. In quarterbacks tra- uh, since Mark Stoops has been here, Reese Phillips, Jalen Wetlow. That's not uh, just Kentucky Patrick though. That's Tulls, everywhere. Uh, Drew Barker. Yeah, I mean, backup quarter like they just they go places. When you have uh, a guy like Amani who is a legit MLB draft, uh-huh. pro, I mean this this is a guy that's going to go f- full in on on baseball as well. And you have a guy coming off a torn ACL. I mean, those are two if Gun- pretty interesting if, yeah. dynamics of that situation. And if Gunner leaves, you you need to have With, somebody uh, besides the that. I mean, so you, you got to have it. And it's not with NCAA and transfers now, they're being a lot more lenient Very to get lenient. on waivers. So it's not if I wouldn't be surprised he's any, eligible. If any year. transfer they if they bring in any any transfer from anywhere, there's a chance there's gonna be a pretty solid chance that they could get cleared to play next year. Yeah. Uh like all I Justin Fields who his case is gonna be interesting because they had the situation with the, the baseball player who made like the racial slur at mm-hmm. him. That's gonna be interesting. Uh to see because if they do like I, they seem pretty confident that and, and they should, but it also like if I want to get out of something, I can. You can probably come up with something. Get some people to make <laughs> some burner accounts to start. You know what I mean? Or you can snapshot some screenshot. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but regardless, I think it's it's safe to say that if Kentucky's coaches do accept Jaron Williams, I know a lot of fans will poke fun at the three commitments to UK, but you take what you get. That's. You, you don't turn down a four-star quarterback from Miami. Exactly. <laughs> Following this, you cannot feel good about that quarterback situation. I mean, Terry Wilson, you feel confident in him, but other than that, you can't feel great because they missed on their targets on recruit on their top targets in almost every recruiting class. It seems yeah. like Mac Jones. Yeah. I so, mean. and even this year, that there was that Connor Bazelak kid they really liked. He ends up going to Mizzou. There was like a, one other kid I think they were on that they missed out. The, the Tyson kid that went to Alabama, yeah, Bear Bryant. Yeah, they so they're missing on their they're missing on their guys. So what have they done? They've gone to the transfer wire, but now they're going to the transfer wire. But they're going to get a guy that they can kind of yeah, for a while tutor in their system for two years before yeah. they play him. So man, it was it was a crazy day, and I'm trying to look through uh, and make sure that we we touched on all of our our peeps. All of our guys. Um, ooh, uh, while we were on quarterbacks, I did find out that Scalzo is going to be on the QB1 show. Uh-huh. And um, I think just from an X's and O's standpoint, what you like about Gilmore and what you like about Scalzo is, hey, they're both a bunch of winners. And what you're going to see on that QB1 program that comes out in August is dude tore his ACL playing the team. Uh, American Heritage had beat their team nine years in a row. They beat him for the first time in the regular season. They go to play him in the playoffs. He tears his ACL in the middle of the game, goes back in, leads them on a game-winning drive. They win the game. He has to sit out. They still end up winning the state championship. He's fun to watch because he just scoots around in the backfield and then wings it. Yeah, he put, he, he's, he's, he's almost reckless as a quarterback. <laughs> it's, it's, a lot of fun. it's a lot of fun to watch. Not, he he did runs. A, he does flips in the air, all contact. Yeah. And, he, and he's just running around in the pocket like a chicken with his head cut off. He's, he's fun. Like If he ever, if Scalzo became the starter here and if he was good, he'd be – one of the most favorite players to ever play in this program because of how he plays, just reckless and just just crazy. Just crazy. I, mean, I, I love be- Grant's quote on him. He was like, 
I know Baker Baker comparisons out there, and I know everybody brings it up, but it, it's kind of true. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't want the wanna... same thing in my piece that I wrote the scouting or the film room piece I wrote on Scalzo. I was like, he he's he plays like. I know this is gonna sound bad, but he plays like these guys. <laughs> yeah. But he's not like he's not. And then I will. He's you know he doesn't have the athleticism of Kyle Murray, and he doesn't have the accuracy of Baker Mayfield or the or the you know the football IQ as of right now. But he makes plays. Yeah, he makes in, plays. In what I I think that Eddie liked about him too is that he uses his feet to get out of trouble, and then he throws it. He doesn't mm-hmm. try to run it and take a bunch of hits. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys he throws it up to is uh, Nick Ogenovic. Ogenovic, Ogenovic. You did it. I, yes, <laughs> it's, it's either you, you or. You killed it. Take, take it as you Just will. Just call him Nick O. Um, which, uh, as one reporter astutely pointed out, this is Vince's first ever non-Ohio tight end. Yeah, That's interesting. First ever. Very yeah. interesting. The thing that I like about him is they ran an air raid system. Duke can catch passes. It's going to take him some time to learn how to block. Mm-hmm. But Vince is – I mean, look what he did with CJ. If there's one thing they're going to do, it's say, hey, figure out how to block. And next year, he's got three dudes in front of him, so it'll it'll take some time to, to crack into that. But he's got some bona fide pass catching skills. And if his dad taught us anything, he's got plenty of room to, to <laughs> add to those guns. Yeah. That, that picture's nuts. I like – he even said um, – I don't know, was maybe it was an interview with that you, you did with him that he loved how CJ Conrad was using the system. He's, yeah. You know, he was like – I'm okay with learning how to block and, you know, and it, as long as I can help the offense go, whether it be blocking to help for the running backs make an impact or being a, a pass catcher on the outside, like he can, he can eventually make an impact on both and he's happy with doing it. So I'm, I'm all for I know that the, was a the lightning, team first players. That was a lightning rod for fans, but any tight end looking to play, that's what you couldn't ask for much about much more than what comrades getting. And of course you got some in pass happy offenses that are going to get more. Mm-hmm. But here, you're going to block, get you ready for the next level, and then they're going to throw it to you. If you're a tight end number one, you're going to get 20 to 25 catches, three, four, five touchdowns. That's 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 pretty good. One thing that spoke volumes to me is when I asked him who his favorite player was. He's quite kid. He said his favorite player growing up always was Larry Fitzgerald. And the way that he – and he, he, he liked him because he wasn't flashy. He just went about his business and went to work. That's a perfect mentality it's for awesome. a tight end. He was unbelievable in NCAA football. Yeah. Oh, was he on the cover of 05? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Or no, it, wasn't, it was 04, I think. Unstoppable. I had that up. one, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but, yeah, that was the that was the class. It was a great class. I think it's like 27th in Rivals. About where Kentucky is. Um, 30, 32 and ESPN, 31. Yeah. In the composite, like they were, I believe, 32. They're right in their, their comfort zone. Last three years, I believe, 30 and 16. 37 last year, 32 this year. So, obviously, coming off of 9 and 3, you would hope it would be a little bit more star power. Well, that'll be next that's year. That's going to be – that's well, where that – they're going to have a year to sell that, that record it's it, this summer. It could happen. That's true. It's and that's with yet. Amani Gilmore's wide receiver, Mr. Devontae Lee, Man, who's been fun. pretty active on Twitter with the, the guys he met up in Lexington. Um, and as I think the, the Rivals guy that talks to him a lot, Sam Spiegelman, he's like, yeah, the kid's really impressionable. So – LSU's just hoping they get the last visit. I think Cat's yeah. top competition is going to be A&M and uh, LSU. LSU. But UK, that early playing time pitch. You can come here and be our number one receiver. Nobody else is going to say that. And I think there's a chance that LSU maybe likes him on the defensive side more. Yeah. So that could be he has said multiple times that he, he 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 said I see myself as a number one mm-hmm. number one target. So and he he would be the number one. I mean, obviously, Lynn's going to get the most touches, but he he could he'd yeah, be the number absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah, as a just talent wise standpoint, <laughs> as a receiver coming oh. in, if he came to Kentucky, he'd be right up there with Bolton. Just but Bolton didn't even play receiver, so. And then it's been a while since Kentucky's got a really down. pure talent guy like that. Like that yeah, mm-hmm. and we will find out when we get to February. But you know what? It's good. We're gonna take a little break. We're gonna have a nice bowl game. They're gonna go and kick Penn State's ass. It's gonna be so much fun. That ten win pitch is gonna be real nice. You're talking about Vince's Vince's list of pitches. Add, add ten wins, add to, ten the wins list. to it. <laughs> well, I, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Um, and if you have, hey, why don't you give our friends of education experts a shout? Or maybe Wade from State Farm. He's at 859-266-6640. Go see him off Richmond Road in Lexington uh, for Adam Luckett and Jack Pilgrim. You've, lis- you've been listening to a signing day spectacular edition of the KSR Football Podcast. And peep the technique. <laughs>
sweat the tank. 